Ain't nobody listening to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beyond Our Service. I am Cousin Brian, and with me is Steve-O. Hola, señor. ¿Cómo estás? Ah, muy bien, y tú? Ah, sí, sí. Es bueno, güey. We should try to do one whole podcast in Spanish. No, we shouldn't, because I just used all the Spanish I know right there. It would be like three minutes long, but it would be good. Right. <clears throat> People entertain, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Just changing it up a little. That's right. How was your week? Go at uh, work and family and all that stuff. How was your week? It was good, man. We did uh, things and stuff. Um, what did we do this weekend? Oh, uh, Renee was out of town for her sister's bachelorette party. So it was me and the kiddos. Uh, she left Thursday, so we had I we had to figure out what we were going to eat for dinner for uh, food Friday night and all day Saturday. That's always a beating. That's like the only thing I don't like about when she leaves. It's just it, I mean, as far as like me taking care of the kids. It's just like not forgetting lunches and fixing food. Yeah, I get that. I- they're close all the time. I forget to give the get the kids lunches. Yeah, man, I go or right breakfast. through it, and they're like, "Man, I'm hungry," and I'm like, "Yeah, I am too." I'm like, "Oh, well, it's four o'clock. No totally wonder we're so freaking to, hungry." Totally forgot to feed the kiddos. We, we ate uh, eight hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> you guys should um, be fine. Yeah. Uh, other than that, man, that's so. We just hung out. With, uh it was a nice little. Uh, it was a nice little weekend. We had. Um, I didn't go anywhere. Did a lot of yard work for the first time, getting everything ready for the. Everything's coming out of, everything's budding down here, and you know, coming out of dormancy, grass is growing, and so I had to get all get it all prepped and ready. Nice. You, I, uh, I took the first fishing trip of the season this on Saturday. Went out with a buddy of mine, uh, a fellow guide. We went down pretty far south of Pinedale, down beyond Fontenelle Dam, and. Did some fishing, the uh, throwing streamers, nymph and stuff like that. No, no dry flies or anything like that yet. But um, the first half of the day was great. Nice, calm, beautiful day, about 55 degrees-ish. And then the wind picked up about 45 to 65 mile an hour winds. And it was everything in our Jesus. power just to keep the boat in the middle of the river and not just go into a bank. I mean, we're throwing meat, you know, those big streamers, so you can throw them in the wind. But as soon as you'd stand up, your body acted like a sail and it would push the boat yeah, in one way or boat. the other. So you try to do it, try to do it <laughs> sitting down. I mean, I think we probably boated, I don't know, nine to 10 fish, uh, nothing monstrosity. I think we had one rainbow about 19 inches, about three and a half pounds. It was pretty nice, but yeah, my shoulders and my forearms nice. and everything is uh, pretty sore from rowing against that wind. So yeah, that was that yeah. That's was a beating. Weekend. I was going to ask you what you've been doing because your face is burnt. I can see like the outline of your sunglasses. Yep, on the river for <clears throat> twelve hours, and that really sucked. 
Dude, that is a beautiful sticker. I have a, I have a sticker for you. No, that's that's that, yours. Uh, is it backwards on your side? Nope, I see it. I suck it? at fly fishing. That's perfect. Right, but does it look backwards to you? Nope. Or does it look normal to you? Like, is it right to left? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's how, ca- it's how cameras yeah, work. They figured that out. And it's not like a mirror. Yes. My camera is still backwards on my side. <clears throat> no, this one's yours because I already have one on my boat. Um, oh, prominent where I can see it all day. I'm going to put it on the very front I actually seat. took my boat out today. Yes, actually right where the... Um, so if I'm rowing, it's right where the guy would stand. It just says it right there in front of me. I suck at fly fishing. Uh that's perfect. I want it. There's another compliments of fishing ben sticker. A, it's a triangle that says, "It's not the fly you suck," and I really want to get that on there too. Nice. Yeah. Um. All right. So, um, speaking of sucking, <laughs> hmm? yeah, good uh, transition. I like about, that one. That was awesome. Thank you. Let's talk about our kids. Um. Playing sports. Yeah. Or really getting into anything that you like. Yeah. And it's funny how how people's memories work. Because when I was a kid, I remember rocking at baseball. I remember being the best out of my team. I remember, like, I could always throw Mm -hmm. the hardest, the furthest. I was the best at batting, like, fielding. Like, I remember all that. And I remember thinking, like, I remember there were kids on my team that I would go, man, those kids suck. And like, I can't believe they can't throw a ball, but we didn't just naturally pick up baseball or football or soccer or whatever it is that we played. And we weren't just 100% good. We had to have learned at some point. I don't remember learning. Like I don't ever remember sucking, but there had to have been a point that we sucked. And my son is at that level because he just started baseball he's eight he just started he just got into it he just got to the point where he's like i really want to play baseball dad and i was like sweet went down for his birthday got him a new glove got him some cleats got him some baseball pants like got him set up and this past weekend not this past weekend weekend before last i took him out for the first time to really you know we threw the ball around the house or whatever but really took him out to like, all right, here's, we're going to teach you how to throw. I'm going to teach you how to hit like everything. And, oh, he's terrible. And it broke my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he, I just, I mean, he, like when he throws, he puts his arm all the way behind the back of his head. And he's like, looks like a girl trying to throw the ball. Like I do left-handed and I'm trying to teach him like, like, you know, cause I don't remember someone teaching me how to throw the ball. I just always did it. And to me, like, like you were saying afterward, the last podcast we were talking, like, you know, you reach back to the fence and then throw it. Like try, like all those yeah, little, yeah. little, little tricks to teach kids because they're not like adults where you go, okay, yeah. do this. And they do that. You have to come up with little tricks to get them to do what you want them to. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, but it's also gut wrenching when you when you see your kid. I think, and I, I know, I don't think every single dad with the first their first kid, whether it's a girl or their daughter or their son, 
whatever sport it is, I think baseball or is is probably one of the more challenging looking uh, ones. Like it makes your kid look the most unathletic when they first start because they got to throw the ball and they that just doesn't look good. Or catch a ball, dude. There's not a kid on this planet that is used to a ball being flying to them, right? So, to me, that is where I had to get used to it. And, and every dad does when they first see their kid like get into baseball or certain sports. They're not going to be good because they have no idea what they're doing. And usually they're tiny, right? They're like four or five years old, and they're going to get into this game. And so it doesn't really matter if they're playing ba- uh, basketball, baseball, soccer, no matter what they do, that first sport, especially the first one, but first time they play it, it doesn't matter if they're 10 or if they're full three, they're not going, it's not going to look good. And no. I remember the dads, I mean, like the difference under- between the dads. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say like, I get that. Like the first sport, it's going to be rough. Like it's getting, they're getting to know their bodies about how it moves, how they move, how their mechanics work, things like that. And, like, I just, I don't know. I don't remember that stage in my life, which I know happened. I just don't know if it happened when I was really young and yeah. just didn't focus on that. Or when you're a kid, you're like, I'm awesome. Like, did you see that throw? Like, I'm, like, you just forget all the bad things you've ever done. Or you're so mediocre that you're just like, yeah, I rock. Yeah, I don't remember it either. I remember asking my dad with Steven and I was like, man, I don't, you know, he's just winded. Like I remember being good at bas- or baseball. I remember not trying out for the all-star teams and the rec leagues and all that crap because they were just like, Oh yeah, you're, he's on the team. Um, but at that age, man, I was, I had to have been, I mean, it was kid pitch. I remember that one was kid pitch. So I mean, I was at least nine or 10. Right. Steven just turned seven, you know? And so, I, but I don't remember that. I don't remember what it was like when I played T-ball. I remember getting hit in it. I remember being afraid of the ball until one time the pop-up fly popped way up and I was sitting, I was at shortstop and it was sunny and I lost the ball and it, I missed it with my glove and it hit me straight in the forehead and it hurt, <laughs> but I didn't cry. And that a boy. I remember thinking after that, like, I remember thinking like, huh, well, I mean, I just got hit in the face. That wasn't that bad. So I'm okay. Right. And then I stopped being as afraid of the ball. I started getting more and more comfortable with the ball, people throwing it at me, the, you know, whatever, hitting it at me because uh, to me, I'd, like the worst thing had just happened. I got hit in the right in the face and I was like, eh, I'm not dead. I'm, everything's fine. I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I remember. But that was T-ball, so I, I know. I mean, I know I suck, and we all did. Yeah, I, I played with uh, kids. One of my best friends, who like I looked up to him. He's like my mentor, like all this other stuff. When I was a kid, and he was like five years older than me, and I used to practice on Sundays with his dad and him and like all his friends, and so I was mm, ten years old playing with like fifteen year olds. And like 11 with 16, stuff like that, where those kids could throw so much harder than I could. And I remember sitting on first base and like they, the, his dad would hit like grounders to him and they would just rocket that thing to first base. And I remember I got hit in the ankle by like his dad smoked one. Oh. And it, 
and it came off the dirt wrong and hit me straight in the ankle and like left the impression of my socks like in my ankle. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember thinking like, cause one of the kids name was Trevor. I'll never forget. He was just really tall kid and he could just smoke the ball. I mean, wing it. And he threw it from short. You could hear the air coming off it like that hard. And I remember yeah. catching it and just popping my mitt so hard. And I just remember thinking if I can catch this, I can catch anything. Like, I don't have to be scared of anything because if I miss this, it will knock all my teeth out. And you just don't miss. Like you you put that pressure on yourself. Like don't miss because if you do, you're screwed. Yeah. I do know one thing that's universal with all of us, whether we really remember it or not. I don't remember it. I know my, I saw my kid do it and I saw all these other kids do it when I was coaching T-ball. And I remember my parents telling me the stories of it is we all played with dirt we all made dirt castles and we all did karate moves in the outfield. <laughs> Every one of us. I, I <laughs> At remember one point I had a kid gopher. doing handstands. I had a kid Ooh. doing handstands in the, or trying to do handstands in the outfield in the middle of a game. And I'm like, as a coach, I'm like, what? <laughs> Screaming at him. I'm like, what are you doing? And he came in and I was just like, if I see you, this was at eight U, So this is like, Basically, coach pitch. So, like, that's T-ball stuff, man. I, t- I pulled that kid aside. I was like, if I see you do another handstand, you're not playing the rest of the game. And he's just like, yes, sir. And I was like, handstand, that's totally unacceptable. In the outfield. You're in the left field, bro. Like, come on. I, but, I remember the... Yeah, I think yeah, it's the, funny. Some of the, the, the ball field I used to play on when I was a kid was... Uh, it was called Kiwanis Baseball Field in Rock Springs. And... I remember playing outfield and there was a gopher hole and this little gopher kept like popping his head up and like going back down and like popping his head up, going back down. And I remember like standing on the other side of that hole, like waiting with my mitt, like waiting for him to come up. And I know like that was in the (laughs) middle of a game. (laughs) It had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, but it's hard, right? Like it's hard to, it's, it's, I think my advice to, to, to dads, if, if your kids are younger than mine or your kids are just getting into sports, my advice is like, know which dad you are. Like some dads have a lot of patience with their kids and they're really good at coaching them and their kids are really receptive to what they say or you're me. me. Yeah, not me. And you get frustrated really fast. And I think most of us do because we have like, you've seen your kid do stuff like, you know, that they're physically capable of doing whatever. And right. then they, but then that you see them not do it right or do play very hard or try. And it's, it's just infuriating. But my son, like ever since we got, like I stopped coaching, he does like, and he's, he does, he's always been pretty coachable. Lillian's the one that's not as coachable. She's a little bit more like me, but um, she's a little bit too stubborn at times. But with, uh, with Steven, he's good with like his coach now. His coach tells him stuff and gives him advice or tells him to stop doing something to do something else different. Like he usually does it. It's no big deal. Um, right. And, you know, that's not his son. And he's able to communicate it in a less asshole of a way. And so and that's it's nice. Just, same principle goes for, you know, if you're going to try to teach somebody fly fishing. Like never teach a significant other how to fly fish. Because you're like when I'm right. with other clients and stuff, I'm patience for days, man. No, don't worry about it. We're fine. I'll get your tangle out. Like it's fine. 
I took mm-hmm. Bree mm-hmm. and I instantly just infuriated with just do what I tell you to do. And she's screaming at me and rightfully so because I'm being an asshole. But, and then yep. kind of the same thing with my kids. I got, I got to, I got to take that step back and just make it fun because I don't want to be that guy or that parent who pushes his son or his daughter to do something because he wants them to do it and take and suck the fun out of it. Like just let them be kids. Let them have fun. You know, that's what they want to do. They want to go out there and play baseball with their buddies. And that's fine. I just, I just got to encar- and, and, and uh, keep it inside, you know, that, well, you You're so yeah, right. you 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 still got to work with the, encourage them to do it the right way, throw the ball the right way, catch the ball the right way, mainly catching the ball the right way so they don't get because they're going to get hit in the face if they don't. Yeah. Um but it's you you so you want to correct them, but yeah, it's keeping it fun and lighthearted and not always correcting them. That's a big one. That's one I suck at. Um and letting them have fun and enjoy it, but I think the other thing I remember asking my dad the same thing. I was like, man, I don't understand. You know, what, what, like when was I actually starting to get good at baseball? Because obviously there was a time where I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention, didn't care. And he said, it's not so much about your, you were like athletic ability. He's like, it was your mindset. He's like, it wasn't until you were like nine, 10. He's like, as you got older, that's when you started becoming more competitive. He's like, when you were little, little, you couldn't care less. You were just out having fun. Everybody was, he's like, you would run next to people in soccer. You wouldn't take the ball from them. He's like, cause you just didn't care. Like you were just having fun. <laughs> he's like, it's not until you get older, then you started getting competitive. And when you got more competitive, yep. he's like, that's when you started like caring and you wanted to practice and you wanted to get better because you wanted to win. He's like, so he's like, I think, yep. you know, get, he's like, Steven will do the same thing. He's like, he's as He's like, every kid, as they get, some kids get it earlier. They're more competitive earlier. And so they care a lot more. But and Steven's getting more competitive, but he's not quite there yet either, where he's just like, oh man, we have to be, we, we have to win. We have to be the best. He's, he's getting, he's a lot more competitive than he was when he was five, but when, but he's still not like just gung ho. He does great and he has a blast. So. That's the thing and I've had to remind it, myself is it like it's not that big a deal because he's not competitive yet. And I guess, too, I want to instill in my kids, you know, to be coachable because I remember those kids. Mm-hmm. And even even in work workplace, oh, now, they're the like worst. If you're trying to trying to train somebody. And I know, I know, I know. Really, if you knew, then why the fuck did you do it? So stop, like take direction. Yeah. And, and learn that maybe you're not the 100% best at something and that you can improve on your ability now. And so I think it, you know, be it team sports, gymnastics, swimming, any, any kind of sport where you have to humble yourself and take direction from somebody that maybe you're not doing it a hundred percent correct. And then that way later on in life, you become a better employee or a better boss or whatever, where you can see that areas of improvement and that you can, you can do that. And I, I, I really want to instill that in, in Archer and Adele that they're both, they become coachable. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that is probably that in like teamwork. Everybody talks about teamwork when you talk about sports or team sports and stuff. 
uh, work ethic, blah, blah, blah. But I, I agree. I think learning how to be coachable is probably one of the most important skills that sports can teach you. Mm-hmm. Because I know as it's helped me a ton being in the military and being just willing to say or keep your mouth shut or say, like, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm just going to, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And you're open to yep. criticism. Um, and then now that I'm a an employer, that it, it's it's like the number one thing that will get you fired in my office. Like if I it's can't not being coachable. coach you at all. Dude, oh, you got to go. I don't have any time for you. No one does. Like, I don't have the time for you to, to you're just wasting everyone's time because you can't take any kind of coaching or criticism. And one of the worst, have you ever had anybody ask you a question like on how to do something? And then when you tell them, they're like, mm, I, I would rather do it this. I think it's better if we do it this way. Yeah, like, I had a couple of guys at the oil field do that to me. Where did you even ask me? Yeah, I had a couple guys in the oil field where I would say, you know, because I was in it for 14 years doing wireline, and I knew a lot about wireline, mm-hmm. and these guys would go, well, I think we need to do it this way, and I had an engineer tell me when I first broke out, he's like, you may think you know the best way to do everything because you've been in it for so long, he said, but sometimes, like, a green hat will come in, and they have an idea, they're seeing it from a different perspective that you never saw it from. And so he said, let them try it. Right. If it works, great. If not, then you have to be able to tell them, like, listen, it's not going to work this way. I've tried that before. Let's just do it my way because it's going to work. And then we're, we're not going to take an hour and a half right. to figure out that your way isn't going to work. So it was, it was, it's, it's being, yeah, that, that comes down to, yeah, it comes to humility. You got to have some humility, and you're going to learn that from sports. It also comes from self-confidence, that you're confident in who you are. So you're willing to say, like, you don't feel threatened by that, by someone else coming up with an idea. You're more like, yeah, hell, if that works. If that's better. I've never thought of that, you know. And, yeah, man, some people do not. They don't like that at all, and they won't. And what will happen is the small business side, you know, they – you always want to hire people that are just as smart or smarter than you. Like, and if you can continue to hire people that are just a lot smarter than you and you're okay with it and you're willing to say like, yeah, no, man, these guys are, they, they're awesome. They, they're a lot smarter than man. You've got, you've got something. Yeah. And that's one of the, one of my buddies, he always said to be a good boss or a good manager. And he was, he was true. Like hire or work, get some people on your team that are freaking better than you are and take up like your weaknesses. Like if their strength is your weakness, bring them on 100% because it makes Mm -hmm. you look better for one Two, the job gets done much better because then that area that you suck at isn't being neglected. Like mine is organization. I am terrible at organization, but I had a hand who was OCD ridiculous OCD and I would let him do all the paperwork and let him put away all the tools like everything had its place and that's just where it went and I made sure that he knew that if he made a drawer that said screwdrivers here 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 and here he was in charge of that if people didn't put them back chew their ass get on them and if they didn't listen to you I'll get them and so but and and also like um people who push you like I, I have that problem too where I'll be like ah 
I'm good, man. I got this. Like I've been doing this for so long. I had a guy that would push me like, Hey, you're being lazy. Let's go. All right, let's get up. Let's go. You know, someone to call call you out that, Hey, you're not doing your job correctly. Yeah. And that, that comes a lot. Cause like playing rugby, if, if I slack on my job in rugby, my whole teammates call me out for it. And those are some big dudes that you don't want to piss off. And when they grab a hold of you and say, do your job, you, you better damn well do it or you're not playing anymore or they'll beat you up afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, but back on the, um, the kids thing too. One thing I, I wanted to bring up is like, um, it's it's so much easier said than done, but to not force them into playing sports or especially like sports you like or you were good at. Like just because we were good at baseball doesn't mean that our sons will be good at baseball. Or they might even be kind of good, but they may just hate it. <laughs> and then, but if you force it down their throat, they're not going to, they're going to hate it and they're not going to like it. They're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to play it. And then it's even, it's the same thing. Like you said, you brought up fly fishing. Like I did that to Steven and Lily during the pandemic. We didn't have anything else to do. We were going to this pond all the time and we were just, and we were fishing a ton. And because at like, I wasn't, I wanted to stay and fish. So I would be like, no, we're not going to leave yet. We're going to fish a little bit more. The fish are biting. And I should have just left. I should be like, okay, yep, we're good. You know, we fished for 30 minutes, even though, and, but we'd be there for two hours and they have grown to hate it at times. Now there's, I laid way off and now they're starting to kind of come back around because they did enjoy it, but it was just like, you know, they got sucked in and then they got stuck there with me. And then when I realized what I was doing, I was like, Oh God dang it. You know, if I ever yep. want these kids to play to like go fish with me or enjoy these hobbies, I got to stop. So I just, we would go and then I would fish a little. And if they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I want to go home. I'm like, okay, we're good. Right. Let's go home. And, and I tried to be there do that for 15 minutes. We might be there an hour. Yeah, and I try to do that with Adele and Archer. Say what? I try to do that with Adele and Archer. I try to say, hey, do you guys want to go fishing? I try to make it their idea. Hey, do you want to go fishing? Hey, do you want to go arrowhead hunting? Do you want to go, you know, whatever we're going to do. And mm -hmm. I try not to make it last as long as I wanted it to, right? Because, like, if I go out arrowhead hunting, sure, I'm going to go out. And I would be gone all day and walk miles upon miles looking for just stupid rocks excuse me and right to them that's not a ton of fun and i get that but <laughs> adele yeah, Ad but adele is getting to where she she knows that i like it and so she wants to like it you know what i mean mm -hmm. and archer yeah archer gave two two shits he was out there last time we went he found two like wooden like pointy pointy wooden stakes that had broken off and so he had swords and he was beating up sagebrush like have at it buddy like i'm not gonna force yeah. like hey 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 you pay attention to the rocks you understand me like no let you're him, not let him looking <laughs> right? or or even fishing <sighs> i take i took him out last year i took him once when i had an off day and took him out to dollar lake even though it was the last thing i wanted to do they kept saying oh, we want to go fishing we want to go fishing and so we took him out dollar lake I think we caught probably 12 or 18 rainbows somewhere in there. Nothing ginormous, but on fly rods and they did great. Right. But when Archer kind of, we had a storm come up actually and ran us off the, off the lake. Thank goodness. Cause I probably would have kept them there too long, but they got their fill. 
And I think that's important of let, let them have their fun. But when they're done having fun, you know, we need to remove, you know, do something different or make them persevere a little bit just to teach them that perseverance is a good thing and then go home. Well, yeah. I, I mean, like I've had them, we've done it before where we, especially at the pond, right? Like we'd walk all the way around this thing and it's, it's not a huge pond, but it's a long enough and I'm carrying everything. And they were younger too, but it's, you know, this is two years ago. But I'm carrying everything. I get all the way there and they're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just walked this entire way with five rods and all your crap. Like we're going to fish, even if we just fish for five minutes, but you are going to fish a little. Like just one cast. I mean, good Lord. We just walked up and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. So they would fish some. And then if they caught some fish, they'd be in, they were there for, they'd be willing to stay there for a while. Um, it, and then sometimes they would do good. They've got, as they've gotten older, they're fine with like going, they'll play and do other random stuff, but, right. and I'll fish. But now they're getting like it, it. Now they're at the age where like Adele, like they know I like it. So they just do it for me almost. And then like pat me on my head and I feel like a kid. And then <laughs> they, but when they see me catch a fish and they're like, damn it. Okay. Where's the other rod? I mean, where's the yep. other dad? Where's the other, you know, fishing rod? And I'm like, okay, it's right over there. It's ready to go. And so that they'll start, they'll start fishing some. And then, you know, if it's a good day and they catch up and they catch, start catching fish, they'll fish for a while. And then we all have fun. And then when they're tired or whatever, we're good. We're all good to go home. But yeah, man, I can't, there's no way we're going to get there for like two minutes. And then they're like, yeah, I don't want it anymore. I'm like, no, hold on. We just drove nah, 45 minutes to go fishing. We are, yeah. we're going to spend at least 10, 15 minutes here. Come on. Yeah. And that's like, I get that part too. Cause like to take them fishing, I don't get to fish, especially out of a boat. Like I'm rowing. I've got to yeah. keep the boat right. Even if I can't anchor up, like if I was on dollar Lake, like I could anchor on the lake. It's only like 40 feet deep. And so the anchor would reach bottom and I could sit there, but it was by the time I got Adele casted out and everything was good. And then it was on to Archer and I'd get him casted out and then Adele had already missed two fish and gotten tangled up. So now I'm getting her untangled. And by the time I get her untangled, then I got to get Archer untangled and get Archer untangled. And it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then one of them gets a fish and then all hell breaks loose and the fish runs into Archer's line and tangles <laughs> all up. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and I hope it's memories they remember, right? I hope what we're ho- like, what we're doing as fathers when we're taking them out like that is you're hoping to build those core memories of that's what my dad was like. This is what dad taught me. This is, you know, what my dad was. And I think that's important as men and us is that we pass that on to our kids is this is what I did when I was a kid. And this is, I'm teaching you kind of life skills, right? That's, that's my hope, but I don't know if I'm succeeding. Well, we'll sure. See. But I don't think, and I don't, I think you can't, um, you can't put that much weight on it. Or I, I would be careful to push that much weight on yourself at the, at when they're so young. Um, I remember, I know I fished with my dad when I was really little. I don't remember most of that. I remember being in the jetties in Gulf Shores and pissing him off because I couldn't stop getting hung up on rocks. <laughs> um, and so, like, even then, though, like, there were times where I was like, I don't want to be out here. I didn't want to tell. There would be times where I would not, I would get hung up so many times, I just wouldn't tell my dad. I would just sit there and act like I was fishing. 
and the line was stung, hung. And then he would finally look over and he's like, Steven, you're hung, aren't you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you can just tell me. And I was like, no, I did. No, I but can't. then you yelled at me last time. So I'm good. Cause yeah. I'd gone hung like, like hung up like 14 times. Right. But then he also like, he would get frustrated because he has, he's I'm him. And so I'm, I also get really frustrated really fast. But it was all, like the answer was like, hey, you need to learn how to put the bait on your own hook. You need to learn how to take the fish off your hook. You need to learn this because he was just tired of doing it. And yeah. so it kind of encouraged me to learn it. But then the more I learned it, became more independent, able to do things myself. Then I wanted I enjoyed going fishing more because I didn't have to bug my dad the whole time. I got to just go out there and fish a little. But, dude, I remember pissing him off because I couldn't stop getting things untangled, catching trees. I remember pissing him off because I – uh, lost some like really expensive lures. I remember one time I got, we were in Gulf Shores and I threw, uh, I, I put it on, (laughs) I caught this croaker fish and there was a giant, like, uh, maybe a crab or something in the water that we saw. And I was like, I want to, I'm going to fish for that with this croaker. My dad's like, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) That croaker's too big. The rod's too small. It's not going to work. And I was like, I don't know if I throw a fit. I don't remember, but I, for somehow I won out. I won. And he's like, fine, cast it in there. So I rear back and I try to throw this thing as hard as I can to get it out as far as I could, which I'm pretty sure the crab is like only five feet away, but whatever. Right. Um, I have no idea how old I was. I wasn't old. And I remember I launched it and I remember seeing my hook and like little split shot weights hit the water. But it was a very small splash. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I got it backwards in my head. I saw a very large splash, which was the fish. The croaker <laughs> lands in the water. But I don't see, I don't know where my line is. And it turns out my line is like 30 feet up in a pine tree, up right above me. <laughs> and so my dad had to yank it out. And when he did, the, the hook went half, half of the hook shank was in my dad's forearm. Like he, yeah, that'll he hurt. Couldn't that'll break. Make... I don't know what he was doing. He it was like, dude, I, I felt. Digging... I start crying. I felt terrible. Yeah, it was bad. I remember digging a treble hook out of your dad's head when I was like nineteen or twenty, and I think my mom had hooked him in the back of the head, or he hooked himself or something. Oh. And and I had to try to push the hooks through his scalp, and it they weren't going through, man. And like. At that point, like, I was pushing as hard as I could, and I'm like, it's not going through, Steve. And he's like, just let me do it. And he, like, got back there and just popped it through. And I just remember, like, it was at the cabin. I remember it was right before dinner. <laughs> like, everyone was losing their mind. And you had to have been there. But you don't remember that? <laughs> I had to have been there. I don't know. I don't remember that. But, I, dude, I don't know where I was, though. Because if you were 19 or 20, then I was how old? 15? Yeah. 16? Yeah, 15 or 16. So then, yes, I had to have been there. Yeah, I don't know where you were. But, yeah, I, I just remember, remember that. that was brutal. But, all right, so we got off on a tangent there. I want to bring it back to um, okay. coaching. And being a good parent when it comes to coaching, if you go to see or watch your kids play, shut up and let the coach coach. Don't. Oh, my son didn't get any playing time this game. It's because your son sucks, ma'am. Like, 
like I get it. All kids need to play. They all need to have fun. Like, but don't get on the coach. If he gets on your son about doing something or your daughter, let them get disciplined because that's what they need. You know, don't be the parent who goes and mm-hmm. bows up on the coach. Don't you talk to my kid that way? Like, shut up. I mean, I mean, obviously, if they're cussing them out or hitting them or something, you know, way off base. Well, sure, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if it's just being coached, shut up. Sit in the stands and enjoy the game. You know what I mean? I agree. I, I've had um, – I saw a post on Facebook or something that was along that same lines, and it was um, – it was basically the same is the same message. And I've absolutely gotten my ass chewed out by a coach for either having a bad attitude, doing something stupid, saying something stupid, not working hard enough, whatever. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, I mean, for me, like you said, as long as the coach isn't hitting him, I don't really care. Like I, Steven or my, or Lily probably needs to be put in their place. It's, it's good for them. I'm fine with it. Um, you know, depending on the situation and how much the coach re- inter- or overreacts or whatever, as long as he's not like, like you said, going nuts, but man, I have seen parents that they, that they really get upset about that. They don't like it. Their kid doesn't like it. And it's like, it just, you're just creating more problems. Your your kids should be. It's just like co- being coachable. Like you, you should be able to be put in your place. You've made a mistake, and sometimes it's more impactful, right? It's just like when your kids, like you've had your kids over at like a friend's house, and they they think that's their. You know, they're they're not really afraid of that person, and that person gets angry because they did something wrong, and they're like, "Whoa!" It's like, like they oh, they react more even from like because they're used to you getting upset or their mom, but they're not used to like, you know friend john over there like being like hey don't do that and they're like oh oh my god right. who the hell is that guy right yeah. like it's the same thing it's like it's your coach it's not your dad you know barking at you it's your it's a freaking coach that all of a sudden he's just like he's pissed and i think that makes a big difference you're right you need to be able to keep your mouth shut and it's hard because i used to coach steven and so i used to be i used to have the ability to like call him like move him on it like a play or tell him something. And now I just have to sit back and it kills me because right. some of the, I can't say really anything. Did you, while you were coaching, did you ever find yourself like mentally, like trying not to fall into the trap of playing your son because he's the coach's son and like things like that. Did you ever find yourself in that little ordeal? Yeah, I did. I, um, my, I had assistant coaches and I talked to them and I said, you know, where I basically told them like, Hey, I think Steven should go here, but is it, you need to tell me like, if he doesn't, if he's not good enough to go there, like be in the infield or play second base or something. Um, then I, if you guys think someone else would be better there, you need to tell me like, don't like, I'm I'm really trying not to, but obviously there's going to be a bias there. Um, for the most part. And, you know, Steven was a good fielder. That was a thing that he doesn't have. He, his arm is getting stronger, but especially when he was really little, his arm is just not that strong, but he could stop. He could prevent. He's one of the few kids that a grounder wouldn't get by him. Right. And, and you know, in T-ball, that's a big deal. So he was one of the few that like, they were like, no, no, no. He's by far the best fielder or one of the best fielders we have. He needs to be in the infield. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's, I just want, so I just had a conversation, but yes, there's definitely, Especially if it gets weird if one of the other assistant coaches' sons is terrible. 
that got awkward because it did have that before um, where he was like one of the worst kids on the team and his dad's volunteering, his dad's helping coach and he's doing all this stuff. And the guy, the kid couldn't run, he couldn't throw, he couldn't bat, he couldn't do anything. And so then you just, you know, but for the most, I mean, it ended up not being that big a deal because usually if your son's that bad, you'd know he's that bad. And right. Did you, you guys keep score? There's no where like you guys false. Were? Oh yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. I know there's a couple leagues out there. Where oh yeah, there's a tournament at the end of the year. Oh okay, good. Because I know there's a couple leagues like where they can do like, oh we don't keep score. You know, it's just about them having fun. And I think it's very important for kids and everyone to learn how like being being a good sportsman is learn how to lose. That's the most important part. Of, mm-hmm. of, of any sport or in life is learn how to lose, learn how to bounce back, make yourself better. Look at the team and kind of go, okay, this is, and, and, and of course, like as a coach too, this is where I failed you guys and you guys, you know, need to work on this and this and this. And now we're going to come back. Cause I think it's very important for kids to learn that there's a, excuse me, there's a, a comedian that always says, you know, the people that say, Oh, everybody's a winner. And, you know, everyone gets a trophy and stuff. He's like, if you don't let your kids know what they're good at and what they suck at, they're always going to think they're good at everything and they're never going to know that they suck at something. And when it be- that becomes apparent, they don't know how to handle that. And it becomes a life failure yeah. for them. And they can, you know, they can't recover from not being good at something or failing. And so I think it's very important that kids learn how to lose uh, 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 even it be a, a baseball game or a rugby match or a soccer game, like you got it, you have to take it gracefully too. You can't be a sore loser. I agree. I think learning how to lose is a is a great way to put it. Um, I think at a really young age, like they, they he used to do honk. He played honk ball at three. The bases honk when you run over them. And <laughs> dude, I want that like, now. Dude, it's a it's a soft ball. It's a soft bet. Like it's not anything. So that we didn't really keep score then. Um, we literally like the whole game was my team would run through and hit, and then hit the other team would hit. And so once both teams had hit twice, the game was over. Because dude, the kids can't okay. do anything, but they're just having fun and whatever. Because it's like a very introductory. Like it's I mean it's barely even baseball. Um, there's no there's almost no rules. You can't really get them to play like telling a three-year-old to play shortstop is the <laughs> probably the dumbest thing you could say. They'll look at you like you have a dick growing out of your head. And like, what? <laughs> what? Um, why would I stop being short? I don't understand. What are you talking about? Right. But, um, shortstop. I got to stop being short. How, make me grow. Make me grow. What? Okay. I don't how to do that. Um, so T-ball was a little better in our league. What I liked about our league is it does keep score. Um, because that's how they really know the innings because getting outs is really hard. Um, so there's a five run limit and you run, once you've scored five runs, the other team bats because really, I mean, you, that it's game going to go three on hours forever. Like, there's no yeah. way dude, kids can't get, they can't the first baseman can't catch a ball to save his life. Most of the kids can't throw it to first accurately at all. So they're going to overthrow that dude every time. So you yeah. just, it takes a minute. Um, and then in 8U, where my son is now, in coach pitch, it, it is more much more competitive. They have to learn more and more of the rules. And, and in T-ball, they have to learn the rules. They can strike out in T-ball. Like, it, it was enough rules to where they actually had to start learning the game, which made it fun. Um, right. But I do think that there is a limit 
you have to keep things in perspective at a certain age. I think it's important that they continue that the competitiveness that you take, you know, like in honkball, everybody got a, you didn't get a trophy, you got like a little a medal. And then I think in T-ball, everybody got a medal. Um, but it's, at 8U, everybody does not get a medal. Um, right. Well, that's In good. our city, in our league. So it's as things get more competitive, they get more realistic. And so that's, that's nice. Uh, because when I was in T-ball, we had a bunch of coaches. Dude, it was the year of COVID. And that was our last T-ball league. And it almost got canceled. And so they ended up doing it. They had to scrunch it down into like one and a half, like six weeks. So we had double headers every weekend. Right. They didn't have a tournament. And these, these coaches were all pissed. And they're all like, oh, this is the reason we came here. Cause there's a tournament. This needs to be more competitive. I'm tired of this, like every trophy bullshit, which it's not, except it was this year because they just were like, look, we, we, we were going to cancel the whole season, but we just kind of made it work. But there's no, tr- there's no tournament because there's no time. And right. so I finally spoke up and I was like, guys, one, we should just be thankful we're even freaking playing because we almost didn't get to play at all. Um, and also I was like, I'm still spending half the day, like in the morning or in the, right before a game, reminding my kids which hand their glove goes on. Right. I don't <laughs> think they give a shit about the tournament. Like that's for right. the adults. And I think so when you see some of those that are like, you know, it's a tro. They get all pissed off because it's a trophy. I like to look at their age because then, like, they're probably not keeping score just to shut the parents up. Like, shut your fucking mouths. Like, this is your four year old is not the next fucking Barry Bonds. Shut up. Um, yeah. And that's Very I think that's where it was because I and so no man. And to prove my point, I <laughs> I went to my kids that like the the first game or something or the first practice after that little meeting, and I said. I go, hey, guys, come here. We talked about whatever. And then I go, oh, and by the way, um, because it's a shorter season, uh, we're not going to have a tournament at the end of the season. And all my kids cheer. looked at me again like I was, no, they had no idea what the hell I was even talking about. They looked at me like I had a dick growing out of my head yet again. <laughs> and then one kid raised his hand and he goes, what's a tournament? And I was like, exactly. <laughs> That's my point. Thank you. Um, never mind. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Pr- let's go practice. Exactly. And I'm like these these frick, they're six and younger. Like they don't care. So I don't know to get all bent out of shape. Look, I'm all for competition, like you said, and I think that you you said it the best. Learning how to lose is just as equally as important. Uh, but that happens. That's going to happen as they should happen as they get older. Right. Um, the best. But it, you know, if your kid's doing kid pitch, and they're it, then it's everybody wins a trophy, dude. That's crazy. The, the best advice I ever got was uh, from a New Zealand coach that um, I played for up in Maggot Fest up in Montana. I played for this New Zealand coach, and I scored a try, which basically a touchdown in rugby. And I get up, and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, celebrate and acting a fool, you know, and all this stuff. And all my guys are high-fiving me and all this stuff. And we go running back. And after the game, he told me, he said, he goes, you really want to be intimidating on a rugby field or any field at that, like baseball, football, anything like that. He said, you do something that most people find extraordinary. You, you score a try or you hit a home run or you score a touchdown or you kick a goal. He said, you put your head down, you run straight back to that huddle or you run those bases, you go straight back to your dugout and act like you do this every single day. This is nothing big for you. He mm-hmm. said, that's intimidating to people. If they see you score a try yeah. and you're like, there's another one, like, and just run back and you're just, yep. you don't act a fool. 
that's the most intimidating thing on this planet. I, I and I look at that now. You look at professional sports, like touchdowns, and people lose their mind. They do the Lambo leap. They jump up in the field, you know, in the stands, and and they hit a home run. They flip the bat like there's some Billy badass dude. If you just hit that home run, drop the bat, and just run the bases and just high five people as you come in, I do that all day long, buddy. Like, yeah, nothing big. I agree. I agree. Act like you've been there before. Exactly. You know, act like you've been here before, son. Like, come on. Like, this isn't anything new. And uh, that was one of the coolest and most eye-opening things of you think you're a good sportsman, and then you do something like that, and someone calls you on it, and you're like, oh, yeah. Hey, you're right. I was being a Oh, shit. Yeah. And and if you get that promotion – or something like that, and you don't act a fool, run around this, like you run around this shop, like, Wee! yeah, I got promoted. <laughs> you didn't. What's up? You know, like it happens every day. Of course, I was getting you promoted. You suck. You suck. You suck. I'm cool. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, that's good I stuff, think. man. Good stuff. Well, sir, I think I think we should probably call her, don't you? Yes, sir, man. I think we're good to go. Uh, I hope everyone learned a good lesson today. And I hope everyone's paying attention. Filled with wisdom from all of and us. I, no, there's no you, chance that 99% of you are still here. Right. And I, I hope that you guys take this, take all of our gems of wisdom and put this into your daily lives and become successful adults. Yeah. Yeah. Better your communities, your children, and you're welcome. For all of it. You're, you're welcome. There's that hum. Uh, and with uh, that. Being, wow, I can't talk. Wow, I'd screw that one up. Yeah. Thank you. And there's, all, there's that. Okay, uh, we're going to end on that, though. Okay, <laughs> thanks, guys. There's your, your humility right there. <laughs> there. There's your humility right there. Nailed it. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. End it. Drop it. Send it. This has been... Beyond Our Service Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.